You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio. And it's time now for one of your favorite shows and certainly one of my favorite shows. And it's A Place for Veterans. And our host is Dr. Don Moeller. He is a oral surgeon and a maxillofacial surgeon as well as a medical doctor. So uh, Don's just got it covered from both sides. And because of his expertise in so many areas, he's also become, and we just talked about experts and uh, on uh, uh, the doctor's lounge and how you can't trust the word expert anymore. So I'm just going to say Don knows his stuff really well. And uh, because Don knows his stuff really well, we're getting comments uh, about a veteran's place from all sorts of kinds of people and people wanting to uh, become a part of it and uh, folks tuning in to us because of the show and wanting uh, their people to be interviewed and uh, on other matters. And, uh, we're, we're very pleased, very happy with the response. And, uh, as we always do, before we get started in the show, any show that has to do with veterans or active duty or first responders, we always start that show with a silent prayer. And we ask that you join us and, uh, in thinking about those that have served, those that have raised their hand, the veterans, and those that are on active duty. And when I say active duty, that's when I include first responders. They're always on active duty, and we owe a lot to all of them. So let's take just a moment, and uh, we'll be back after this. Thank you. And as always, we do one other crazy thing for veteran shows, and that's to make sure that your heart is pumping. And this is the way my heart used to get going. And I feel all right now. Do you feel like I do right now? Do you feel like I do right now? Motivated. Motivated. And we can do it, and we're going to do it right now. Good morning, Don. Good morning, uh, Dave. Thanks for having me on. You forgot to mention one of the most important things that I'm very proud of. I was a medic Spec 5, uh, and if you don't know what a Spec 5 is, Specialist 5. Spec on steroids. <laughs> and that's a, <laughs> that. I had some high-ranking sergeant majors come in, retired, and they... They asked me, "Well, how come you you worked the puzzle on this on this PTSD and headache and nightmare thing, 
and they looked at my diplomas, and they weren't impressed. And I said, I used to be a spec five. And, it, and then they go, ah, that's the reason. That's the reason. Well, I tell you what, uh, you are incredible. And uh, we have a lot of incredible folks here that uh, do shows for us. One is Lieutenant Colonel Retired Philip Forsberg. Uh, and I, I kid him about that he has to have elephant blood in his system. He has a memory that is incredible. And, you know, he can pull up facts that I didn't even know were facts. But uh, he does a show called Remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm. And that, that's one of the reasons that we are so loved by veterans and veteran organizations that are coming to us now that uh, – we do shows that other folks don't do, and I just, I think it's a crime, a crime that people have already forgotten about what Desert Shield and Desert Storm were all about. That's why we do a show. And as far as this show goes, Don and I got to talking, oh, I don't know, it may have been as long as a year ago. My memory has failed me as well, but, you know, so many people come back and suffer from PTSD. Now, in the past, there have been shows about PTSD, but they were strictly based on and and directed to only the veteran. But as Don points out, and as he and I have talked over and over and over again, PTSD not only affects the victim, but it affects everybody around that person, and their family in particularly. And this is so important to understand it. And I've got to put a plug in for Don and and his, uh, I don't know whether your dentistry is on the left hand or the right hand and your MD is on the left hand or the right hand, but whichever hand it's all on, uh, his dentistry portion of it has come up with a way of a person suffering from PTSD that can't sleep at night. And this is 90, 98% effective. And if you want to find out more about it, you can go online to Dr. Moeller and uh, find out what it's all about. And it's very simple. Been approved for many, 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 many years. FDA approved. And... Uh, Probably there's a pretty good chance that if you played sports of any kind in high school or college, you wore one anyway. So you'll know all about it when when you contact Don and uh, find out more about his ability to have you have something that will let you sleep at night. And that is so important, the sleeping at night. And uh, it works on the body, healing the body throughout. So I've said about all, I've shot my uh, proverbial uh, speech this morning, Don. How are you doing? Well, thanks, Dave. <laughs> thanks, Dave, for that kind introduction. I want to make sure that your listeners understand that if they go to the National Institute of Health, pubmed.gov, www.pubmed dot gov and there'll be a search box if you put molar m-o-e-l-l-e-r d-r that's for donald richard it will pull up some articles that i wrote with my research buddies 
But the most important thing is that these articles will describe how to make this device for your general dentist if he's interested. Uh, we have not kept this a secret. Uh, in fact, I talked to one of the top patent attorneys in the country to make sure that by publishing all this material that no one would be able to patent this. Why did I do that? Because I don't make profit off of pain by my fellow veterans. So what, what you need to do, there's one paper in the International Dental Journal, I think is in 2020, if you get that paper and print it, obtain it, you can I get guess download it. You can have your regular dentist make one of these things for you. The key thing that Dave was talking about, dental splints have been around for a hundred years. The only difference that my splint, quote my splint, has is that it's thicker and it's based on your height. If you buy a thin dental splint off the shelf and you're six foot two it will have no effect on your nightmares sleep quality sleep disruption and headaches but if you get your family dentist interested in uh especially if he's they, a lot of our dentists were in the army at one time they may make uh, one of these devices for you and the recipe for it is in that international dental journal so dave thanks for bringing that up um and uh, the FDA has cleared this device as a non-risk, low-risk, whatever, medical device. And if you go to the FDA website and look up dental mouth guard, you will see the description of what it is. And, you know, we have that phrase, hidden in plain sight. <laughs> well, this, yeah, yeah, history repeats itself, hidden in plain sight. Uh, this is true about this splint. And so... You know, you got a great lead-in for us. Here's, here's what's going on with PTSD. Right off the bat, everything in the world has gone to a systems approach, and we need to do that because it's not nothing occurs in isolation in, in your body. And what am I talking about? PTSD affects the cardiovascular system. It affects your heart. It affects your blood pressure. It affects the neural mechanisms working to regulate your heart. And it affects endocrine systems. So we look at PTSD as a system problem. And, and what I did is I said the oral system, the oral system, not your, your, your teeth. The teeth are not the dental system. Your mouth the joints, the muscles. Most people don't know that your neck muscles help hold your head in the position so the jaw muscles can get your jaws together without breaking your teeth. Well, what happens in PTSD? And we're going to talk about that later today. The oral system is affected by PTSD in major ways. So remember that PTSD is a system medical problem and it affects all sorts of things in your body and we're going to talk about it now one thing that people don't understand combat ptsd is basically 80 percent of the soldiers have what's called complex ptsd this is a new 
con- relatively new concept working its way through the, the psychological health care community. Now, what is the difference between complex PTSD and we'll call it garden variety PTSD? Okay, garden variety PTSD, it is not trivial. I'm not saying that. But it's a little bit easier to treat. Things like death of a loved one, a big accident, a natural disaster, abandonment, sexual abuse, traumatic violence, or a victim of a crime. That can give you PTSD. So if you've had one of those, then it doesn't mean that you have to have complex PTSD to have PTSD. These are two categories of the same disease. But what differentiates complex PTSD, which 80% of our veterans get, that are, that's characterized by situations in which the patient or victim has no escape. These events that you have to endure, like getting suited up and putting the battle rattle on to go take care of bad guys, you don't know if you're coming home, and neither do police officers and firemen and EMTs. That's a totally different kind of stress. That is chronic, daily, weekly, monthly, yearly stress. Your body, the systems in your body, and we're going to cover them, and maybe in two sessions, necessary on this show, these systems are under stress, and they are changing, and they are changing in big ways. So the long-term problems that you have in a war zone, well, I've been in a couple war zones, and sleeping in a tent, waiting for frags to come through the side of the canvas or vinyl for the Desert Storm guys, that's not a way to get a good night's sleep. <laughs> and so that even just being in a battle area, and we, in the old days, well, were you on the front line or the rear area? Well, now there are no more rear areas in combat. You are actually uh, in a situation, whether you realize it or not, that you are in a situation where you're exposed to significant stress continually, 24-7. That's before you go on patrol. I've had cooks that came in my office, and they said, we've got PTSD. And before they could even explain it, I said, let me see if I can guess. They were short of people, soldiers, and you went out on convoy escort, and you got ambushed. And, they, and I've done this dozens of times, and they say, can you read minds? No, that's how cooks get PTSD, and clerks can get it the same way. So I'm going to just list some things here. Now, people say, is PTSD a real problem, a real disorder, a real disease? You know, I, well, I'm going to interrupt you one second, yeah. Don, in that as you were talking about it, minutes ago i'm thinking you know and you and i've talked about this hundreds of times that ptsd affects a family as well as a person that has it and so forth and so on but mainly what i want to say right now is that doctors need to be listening to you and if you're a doctor and and or have a friend that's a doctor 
have him listen to this, whether it's uh, right now or we'll podcast this, we'll archive it, and it'll be on our website, and you can listen to it, or the doctor can listen. The doctors, that's the first place somebody goes when, gee, doc, I can't sleep at night. Well, I'll give you a pill. They never even bring up the fact of PTSD. But a doctor, doctors across the country need to be listening to this show and listening to one of their peers. I'm well, Dave, off. As always, thank you for interrupting. Thank you so much for interrupting. Uh, you're absolutely right. I had no idea before I really, quote, got into, unquote, the study of PTSD. I thought it was like Rambo guy, you know, he went nuts and did crazy stuff and that was the end of it. Nothing could be further from the truth. Awareness, PTSD awareness is is a huge problem. The awareness of the systems that PTSD affects is a huge problem. And, and you know, you're so right to have brought this up. And if you don't understand, like you're a veteran, you're going, I don't know why I've got high blood pressure. Well, it's from the most likely from the PTSD. I don't know why I have chronic pain more than I used to. I don't know why I've got diabetes. I don't know why I seem to have irritable bowel syndrome or digestive disorder they are all or may all be related to ptsd and in medical school they have a a saying that you only diagnose what you know you only diagnose what you know and you can only treat what you diagnose so well that that brings up a question you know the damn form that it seems like even the the best of facilities doesn't keep your records on. And you go through, you go into your doctor, and you check all these things. Well, you stood up on your head recently. Have you, you know, watched a movie lately? Or you know, they have all these damn questions. But I don't remember ever seeing, "Are you a veteran?" Right. Right, and I had this conversation with a member of one of the uh, veteran service organizations who were very interested in this. And he goes, so what's the difference uh, between hypertension, if you're a veteran, and hypertension if you're not a veteran? Well, if you got hypertension as a veteran, it's most likely from PTSD. And then you better understand that you have a 50% higher chance of, of uh, uh, heart failure when you hit your 50s and 60s. You have an endocrine disorder. You have a, a huge two times increased chance of getting a metabolic disease, diabetes, and, and other endocrine disorders. So, yeah, it'd be very appropriate if you tell your doctor, hey, I'm a veteran, and hopefully the doctor will say thank you for your service. Now tell me about have you ever been in combat? Have you ever been scared that you might lose your life? Those questions are critical. And when I get a, I, I met a couple police officers last week. I didn't bother to ask them if their job was stressful. <laughs> well, or EMT or firemen. Firemen are at the head of the list. By the way, guys, you, you uh, are smarter than you look when you say you didn't even have to ask them whether, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. It's, you, you know, it's just a different world. And so here's what this, this, this show's about. You may end up knowing more 
Well, first of all, you can't learn everything in medical school. You just can't. It's it's massive. So you kind of have to educate your doctor. And he may be a family practice guy in Buffalo Chip, Arkansas, and there's only two veterans in town, and he's just not aware. Now here at Fort Campbell area, I mean, whoops, Fort Benning area, if I don't know what the politically correct name of our post now is, but anyway, so here in Columbus, Georgia, if you go in and say you've got PTSD, they're gonna they're gonna know what you're talking about. But you got to remember, if you're up up in Buffalo Chip, Egypt, or wherever it is, you have to tell a doctor. Look, I got high blood pressure. My bowels aren't working correctly. You know, uh, my my hands kind of turn white. I got ringing in my ears. You got to understand, veterans and first responders, this is the age of self-education. So what happens? Let's look at some things. You think PTSD is just what Rambo gets, okay? Well, if they show this guy on the movies with elevated blood pressure, elevated heart rate and pulse can persistent fatigue okay chronic fatigue syndrome has similar diagnostic features as ptsd now the other thing is if you're on the alert all the time because you have an elevated response or startle response you can have debilitating muscle tension and cramps i go wait a minute why don't they show that in hollywood it makes it like if you got PTSD, you're a Rambo. You can climb walls and and, and, and jump across cliffs. Not if he really had PTSD. He'd have muscle tensions and cardiac problems. As a matter of fact, recurring nausea and vomiting and digestive systems upsets occur in 25% of the people in a GI clinic, gastroenterology clinic with IBS, well, guess what? That 25% may be patients with PTSD. Let me restate that. If you go to a GI clinic, gastrointestinal clinic, just just a normal Joe or Jane walking in there, 25% of those people with irritable bowel syndrome may have PTSD. We're talking about a real real disorder here with with measured uh, uh, and clinical symptoms. Back pain, neck pain, migraine headaches, sleep disorders, and thyroid or adrenal gland problems. And we'll talk about the upregulation of that system in a few minutes. Is that amazing, Dave, or what? Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, and I, I think you stress it and the show stresses it. It can come from so many different things. And, uh, you know, you'd think, well, why would, why would an ambulance person have PTSD? Why would, why would that be so upsetting? They're helping people, they're going out. Well, every time that alarm goes off, you have no idea what you're driving into. And you're, the stress is there getting there. The stress is getting the person, your patient, uh, when you get to a scene. Uh, they do become your patient, and your most important thing is getting them the care and to the care that they need. And that can be a lot of stress. Same way with the firemen. They don't know, you know, am I going to have to walk on a roof or am I going to have to do this or do there, are there people there that I have to rescue? And, you know, 
I, I guess if I were to sum this thing up, Don, and, and please correct me if I'm, wrong, if I'm totally wrong, but, you know, the military side of PTSD obviously is addressed with bullets, but there are all sorts of kinds of bullets in the world, from the fireman that has to walk across to rescue somebody to the ambulance attendant that pulls up and the person is out of their head. So there are all sorts of kinds of bullets. Right. And, 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 and I really want, no pun intended, I want to stress the fact that stress is what we're talking about. Stress can be caused by many things. So what are we telling our listeners? You got to go through your job and you got to look like, is this stressful? And, if you tell a, let's take a, I used to be a medical librarian through college. If you tell a medical librarian what you do for a living, they will let you know, I think that's a stressful job, okay? So you got to understand that your, your whole body is in an anxious and hypervigilant state. What do I mean by that? Look at the runners in, in an Olympic event in the, in the blocks. They're waiting for that gun to go off. Their muscles are tense. They're ready to run as fast as they can when that gun goes off. I just had a thought. I'd love to put a policeman in the box and say, when the gun goes off, we're going to be shooting at you. I bet he would, he would give those Olympic guys a run for their money. But all kidding aside, the Olympic runners are waiting for the gun to go off and their muscles are tense. Our police office, firemen, EMTs, and soldiers are waiting for the gun to go off every day of their job, okay? Now, your brain is in the, a perpetual state of hyperarousal. So what does hyperarousal mean? It doesn't mean that just that your pupils dilate or that you sweat. There is what we call a cascade of symptoms throughout your body. And here's the problem. That cascade of symptoms, that get ready to, to run switch is left on. It's left on almost all the time. In fact, we'll talk later about cardiovascular problems. Well, I don't want to stop right now. We'll do it well, later. We but need to take a break happens, right quick, Don. Okay. So we'll be back right after this. Start taking back our country from the liberal wokes by voting locally for conservative Republicans. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. 
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. And we're back on America's Web Radio with a place for veterans, and our host is Dr. Don Moeller, and uh, Don knows more about PTSD than anyone that I know. And like I said, we've we've done shows in the past, but they've never been as comprehensive. And you know, there there's something in the Christian religion about the more you know, it's more blessed to give than to receive, and. Don is certainly doing everything, giving and giving and giving because he cares and he loves other folks. And he loves helping those with PTSD recover or at least get on a stable basis. And uh, Don, back to you. And you were talking about... Uh, we're stress. Stress. Yeah. And what happens, your stress hormones are... Or like uh, when I get up in the morning, I have a cup of coffee. Well, that's good for you. Sometimes I have two cups of coffee. When I got a lot of stuff to do, I drink coffee in the afternoon. Well, you reach a point that you're starting to depend on coffee to stay awake rather than sleep. Well, your stress hormones are a similar situation. Stress hormones are released to get you through stressful uh, um, environments. They're not meant to be taken 24-7. Well, that's what happens with a constant alert that occurs in PTSD patients, especially complex PTSD patients. Now, here's something we kind of talked about before. Your chances for substance abuse go way up. Now, that's obvious that substance abuse does damage to your body. But what are we talking about here? We got EMTs, firemen, police, veterans, and others, including our nurses that go to work like unbelievably bad situations. Try calling in sick because you just couldn't take it. So what do you do? You got to get some sleep. So you go home and knock back a few beers or your favorite alcoholic beverage. Because you know if you don't get some sleep, you barely made it through today, much less tomorrow. Oh, you get to work. Hey, I think I better light up a cigarette or put a chew in my mouth. Why are you doing that? You have to stay awake. I had a general surgeon friend, a good buddy, and he was in his general surgery residency. Just started. They're brutal, folks. General surgery residencies are brutal. And he started. He was up at 2 in the morning holding a retractor. On a case, he was just remember an intern. The chief of the department said, "Boy, do you smoke?" He said, "No, sir." He said, "Boy, do you do you chew tobacco?" He said, "No, sir." He said, "Well, you better be doing one of them by the next time you come here tomorrow, because you fall asleep again, you're out of the program." So let's talk about substance abuse. The police, firemen, EMTs—they do their job. So why am I bringing it up? You got to watch it, guys and gals. It becomes kind of like a fraternity thing. You get used to knocking back a beer 
used to having that smoke. You just, I'm not telling you that it's easy, and I tell every patient that I've ever counseled, if I smoke, that is, if Dr. Mueller smoked, I doubt I would be able to stop. So you just have to put that on your to-do list. Self-medicating, well, alcohol is kind of self-medicating, but you may have medicines available for other things that you're doing that unintentionally or just to get a little bit more sleep. So there was a study. I want to... It had a million veterans in it, 987,000 to be exact, but I just wrote a million. So, any rate, this study looked at the, at the occurrences of ischemic strokes in veterans. This is a huge study. It was, it was unbelievable. The number, the increase of ischemic strokes, and, which are a result of cardiovascular disease in many cases. In veterans, this is not a small study. Now, here's some more interesting things. The immune system is affected because of the constant elevated cortisol release. That's one of the stress hormones. Your immune system is changed, and it, you have entered a pro-inflammatory state. So let's just sum up. Somebody says, PTSD, that's just in your head. I don't think so. It absolutely is not in your head whatever that's supposed to mean. It, it consumes your whole, and as you said, Dave, it affects your marriage, your friends, your job, your life, and numerous systems in your body. Number one, let's talk, uh, not number one, but probably number five, obesity. There is metabolic dysfunction. What does cortisol do? It encourages your body to store fat. Where does it store it? around your gut and actually it's called visceral fat in men you can't see it the ladies tend to store it outside the abdominal wall well what is this telling you that is a metabolic dysfunction uh, that's occurring in your body from excess amounts of cortisol and other urine danger hormones what is hormones sorry uh, diabetes increase in type 2 diabetes well, that goes along with obesity, doesn't it? The glucose is your glucose regulation is disrupted. Well, you also have inflammation in obesity. Your inflammatory things like it's called C-reactive protein are elevated. Well, what? Well, it's a little bit more than just in your head. Now, our women who have PTSD, are at twice the risk of developing type 2 diabetes than their non-PTSD counterparts. Well, PTSD also upregulates the neurological system. Well, how? Well, obviously you're on alert. The number of anxiety disorders are increased as are depressive episodes. So you think, hey, I'm getting a little depressed or I'm a little anxious. PTSD has, and they're called comorbidities, a 40% approximately, it varies, 40%, let's say, for both depression and, and it's a little less for anxiety disorders. So you said, this PTSD is just not about me uh, going Rambo. No, more than likely Rambo 
with his level of PTSD would be experiencing severe anxiety and depression. Well, how does that manifest itself? And this is how I got into this discussion. Initiating sleep. Our friends with PTSD, either type, the short term we'll call it, or single incident or chronic, have a tough time initiating sleep. You may lay in bed for an hour. You can stay up all night, and you still are going to stay awake another hour before you fall asleep. The next thing, you have trouble sustaining your sleep. You wake up continually. Well, why is that? You may have nightmares, and that's how I also got into this uh, business, so to speak. The quality of the sleep, in one word, can be summed up. It sucks. You do not get restful and restorative sleep and you're tired all the time well go ahead and have some coffee and a cigarette ha ha you're just trying to get your job done so you've got to understand that people that get PTSD the chronic kind are out doing the job protecting the country defending us from bad guys they're not the kind of people and in that culture you get the job done so you have to step back and say, you know, if I'm having trouble getting to sleep, i got to look into this, and we'll talk more about that. Uh, you know, I, it, it, And if you don't get any sleep or you wake up with a headache in the morning and you find out that uh, they're, they're related, because at night, if you have nightmares, you don't know it, but you're clenching, it's called bruxing, you're clenching your teeth, grinding your teeth, your muscles of mastication feel on the side of your head up above your ear on the side that's the temporalis muscle feel over your TM joint push with that with about a couple pounds of pressure uh, on your index finger if that joint hurts that's because PTSD affects the musculoskeletal system run your finger down around your mandible bone and, and push about half an inch around to both sides of it. You go, man, that's tender. Those muscles are hyperactive because during the night when you're in combat, repeating it, you activate those muscles. I had a helicopter pilot in my office a couple years ago, and he goes, Doc, I wake up, and uh, my legs are sore, and my wrists and hands are sore. And I said, uh you flew a helicopter, right? And he goes, right. And I said, how do you, how do you fly a helicopter in battle? He said, well, you, you know, you use the collective and the cyclic, and yeah, yeah. I said, that's what you're doing in your dreams. So you got to put the story together. And as a veteran or EMT first responder, you kind of now have to know your own disease. Yeah, there's plenty of hope for it, but you may be the one also to diagnose it yourself or at least get an idea and tell your friends and say, hey, Bob, you know, maybe we won't have a beard or, or knock back so many. Now, what is another problem with PTSD? Well, folks with PTSD are some of the highest healthcare consumers percentage-wise. Now, you have to understand, even though the national rate is about 6 to 8%, 20% of the Operation Enduring Freedom and IEF ended up 20% with some type of PTSD. 10% of the Gulf War veterans had it, 
and 30%, up to 30% of the Vietnam veterans had PTSD. What do you think about that, Dave? I think we're blessed to have folks like you and, you know, I, I'm old enough to remember not World War II, uh, but certainly Vietnam and most professions were fluffing it off. Well, get over it, you know, and, and throwing it all on the person that had PTSD, just, well, you know, buckle up and get over it. And I'm just very thankful today that there are people like you that are studying it and recognizing PTSD for what it really is. And, yeah, you know, it, how insidious it, no, it, it is. Yeah, exactly. Pan-systemic and insidious. And the people that get it, especially the people that are, are, are veterans and first responders, are the same kind of people that sing cadence, cadences, adapt and overcome. And so that's the toughest part. You just keep trucking on. And people don't realize that your adrenal system, that, that ain't, that's your stress system that, that makes uh, adrenaline and cortisol. Well, that's running in your veins 24-7, okay? So not only is more released, the, the time, when it, when you are stressed, more is released and it increases the level of cortisol. So that constant, and here's the constant presence of cortisol, that adrenal the, the, uh, gland secretion. Well, you say, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the gym and work out. Well, <laughs> what are guys at the fire? Well, I, I kid my fireman buddies, they eat probably better at the firehouse, but don't tell me the, nurses and EMTs eat well, you, you consume more carbohydrates and fatty foods. You don't, and I'm guilty of it too, and so are you, Dave, and we're not lecturing anybody here. We're just talking to preaching to the choir. The weight around your abdomen and waist and, quote, the love handles increase in size. So we also mentioned that the digestion changes with high cortisol level. It inhibits digestion which decreases the appetite and also changes your bowel motility. So what's going on? The people that don't have time to eat right eat junk food, which is high in fat and high in sugar, and then they load it around their abdomen, and then they go to the gym to work out. Well, cortisol doesn't really let you build muscle. So now what are you going to do? You're kind of on a vicious cycle. Here's something else most people don't understand. And I didn't even believe this when I read it. The ringing in your ear, the tinnitus, okay, that hissing. Uh, and I'm going to read this just for the people that don't think it's technical. An increased limbic drive when you experience ringing in your ears. Well, there's a lot of little areas in your brain. But I've never heard of that. I thought it was from uh, the gunshots and the guys doing artillery. Well... You, you have in PTSD because you are upregulated. Your nervous system's on edge. You have an increased or abnormal stream of pulses going to the brain, which mod is modified and it interprets this ringing in the ears as actual sound. It's not. 
But you've also got a problem with hyperacusis, which means people with PTSD, either side, the chronic or otherwise, you're, you're, you have a low tolerance to loud noises, like, would you mind turning your radio down? Well, the average person might like it, but with PTSD, these little things can hurt your ears. Constant banging, uh, irritating things. So if you find yourself like going, wait a minute, I've got that. That's another thing that PTSD brings to the table for you to deal with. So what I hope, and we still got a truckload to go, but we're not going to... No, we're, we're going to have to take a break, too. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead, Dave. We'll take do break. that, and we'll be back with Dr. Don right after this. On August 8, 2022, in violation of the Fourth Amendment, the FBI performed a most egregious search of a former president's home. The Fourth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution provides that the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated, and no warrants shall issue, but upon probable cause, supported by oath or affirmation, and particularly describing the place to be searched, and the persons or things to be seized. The Fourth Amendment originally enforced the notion that each man's home is his castle, secure from unreasonable searches and seizures of property by the government. We must take a stand, and take back our country, Veteran-owned, America's Web Radio would like to thank all of our incredible patrons. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you are not already a patron, you can help us continue to produce some of the most informative and entertaining shows on the Internet by becoming a patron. Patrons of America's Web Radio are the first to receive information about new shows and links to the latest podcast episodes. Join now and receive a free gift while supplies last. For more information and to join our family, please visit www.patreon.com slash America's Web Radio. If you have questions, contact us at gm at americaswebradio.com. And as always, thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And you're listening to A Veteran's Place. And Don, I don't know how you do it, but Every show just gets better and better and better. And uh, I only pray that those that need to be listening are listening or they have relatives or friends that listen and will pass the link on to them. Uh, we have so many people that they know they're suffering, but they don't even know, they don't have a clue of what they're suffering from or with. And they spend thousands and thousands going to their doctors, primary care physicians, and they come away with another box full of pills and no solution. Dave, once again, you hit the nail on the head, buddy. That's exactly why we're doing this program. And that's exactly why I picked the topics that I do. Because I don't mean to snow people with technical stuff. Uh, the point here is for people to go, wait a minute, that's me. You know, we talked about anger and social relationships and the worldview. And it's subtle. And, and here's another big problem. Who do veterans, cops, firemen, EMTs hang with? 
not nuclear physicists and history majors. They hang hang on hang out with veterans, cops, and blah blah blah. So, who do you think's gonna? You're not gonna look strange among that group because we're already strange. We hang with strange people. So, let me stop here for a minute uh, because I want to mention something. It's kind of come up, and then if you have questions from the listeners, we can get to those. Or go back. Uh, the reason I mentioned the oral system, that includes your jaw joints, your muscles on the side of your head, the muscles, the chewing muscles, the tooth structure itself that breaks from grinding. When you put that whole system together, it's part of the gastrointestinal system, and we'll talk about that next week. But it's really fascinating that when you look at it as a dental system, I very little research has been done on this, considering, let's say, there's 50,000 uh, papers on breast cancer, okay? Maybe more. Hundreds, thousands on ulcers and whatever. You name it. Pick the topic. Well, how many papers are published on PTSD and oral health how many papers on PTSD and oral facial pain? How many papers published on PTSD, craniofacial pain, and kind of topics like that? Well, I got about three dozen good papers. Well, I'm, I'm going to poke the VA right now. The VA has, over, this is from their own website, the VA has 3,400 researchers. Currently, they're funding about 7,000 research projects. How many of those research projects are in the area of PTSD and oral health? I don't think any. Now, I'm going to use the legal term, in my opinion, and it seems, but if somebody in the VA system wants to call me, call me collect, as they used to say in the old days, I'd love to talk to you about it. Number two. The VA gets $2 billion a year for research. What are the three or two or three signature wounds of the wars of the last two decades? First, PTSD. Second, traumatic brain injury. How is it that if the oral system is affected by PTSD, there is no research done by the VA on this? Now, I challenge someone in the VA to correct my assumption. Remember, lawyers, I said my assumption and my opinion. You know where I am. Call me. Give me a list. And I'll tell you why. Because I, I asked the director of research at the VA to provide some papers, uh, pub publications. Didn't, didn't get any titles that they'd sponsored. I specifically asked the VA director of research. How many, how many uh, research projects have you done in the past 20 years? No answer. On PTSD and the oral health system, how many do you have right now? And how many do you plan? Well, it's real easy to find out. Just go on PubMed.gov and put in those search titles and see if you get any VA. Number two, go to the Federal Registry of Clinical Trials and see how many VA projects are exploring PTSD and oral health. Well, I'm challenging the VA. 
educate me. I'd love to learn because I want to increase my collection. So that's my poke at the VA. Yeah, there are a lot of good doctors doing a good job, but when it comes to how many dentists do you have in your research system of thirty of three thousand four hundred people that are that are that are dentists doing research on this, I think the answer is zero. That's outrageous. That is absolutely outrageous. So I just want to get your blood pumping. If you don't believe it, or somebody, please uh, send this information. Maybe maybe I don't know how to do research, even though I have a graduate degree in research. Maybe maybe you, somebody from the VA could educate me. Okay, Dave, I beat him up. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and the story goes on from there. They they could be beat up a lot more. And uh, you know, our government agencies, like our archives, that have been closed since 2020 where agent orange victims can't even get their records and this is this is absolutely the american legion the vfw the dba you know all of them ought to be all over the national archives because you can't even get your records and they're still claiming it's because of covid Dave, that's that. Two things that you and I both agree on one hundred percent. One, you've got to know about if you think you have a problem, medical problem, you have to educate yourself to some extent. And number two, in the VA system, you need to write your congressman or senator and go, Doctor Moeller just seemed to say his opinion was that the VA currently is doing no research on PTSD and oral health or PTSD and oral facial pain. How about that? I just love to, to get the name and address of the guy that says I was wrong. I, that We'll have him on the show, okay? Absolutely. So in my opinion, your listeners, if you want the care, when you walk into a VA clinic and go, I've got this oral, oral health system problem, and they go, what, what do you mean by oral system? Educate that guy. Educate the dental tech, educate the dentist, and go, my jaw muscles hurt, my jaw joints hurts, I wake up with headaches. Okay? You educate those people and educate your congressman, because unfortunately, we, we I'm a veteran of two wars. We're only going to get what we, the squeaky wheel gets the grease in the VA, and I was told that by a, a buddy that works at the VA, okay? The squeaky wheels get the grease. If you want that dental care, you're going to have to bang on their congressman's door. And when they get enough people, they're going to start letting how many? Two to three million veterans that should be entitled to dental care as a result of the damage that PTS did to the oral health system. You bang on their door and make them fund the research based on, based on the papers that are already published. So it's a nice connect the dots. But if you want guys, gals, if you want care, you call your congressman, you call your senator and say, I want to know why the VA isn't doing research and you haven't funded research for the VA to look at one of the most pressing problems in, in, in our veterans. Two to three or more million veterans are suffering with PTSD-correlated 
oral health problems. And uh, I want to add one more thing, and we just <laughs> elected the wrong person in Georgia. I've gone to him, and with all of these politicians, the first thing you get is thrown to, quote, end quote, some of their staff. And the staff think they have power, but I'm not sure they can find their own zipper. And they think they have power, and then they don't do a damn thing about it. And so if you want to get some kind of results, you go to where your politician is, and you corner them and say, look, I've tried to call your office to no avail. I want to talk to you about PTSD and go from there and bring up the points that Dr. Mueller has brought up about no research being done and saying, look, we hired you to represent us. You're not representing us. The VA is not representing us, and I'm damn tired of it. And you've got to get their attention, and you've got to get to the politician. Talking to their aides is about as useless as going to a bathroom without toilet paper, you know? And Well, Dave, here's what you have to do. You have to get up in the morning, and you have to decide this is going to be the day that you're going to get some care for your oral health problem. Not I'm, I'm, I'm spending some time on that because that's what I specialize in. But three, three things. ATF, the VA has to admit or acknowledge that PTSD affects the oral health and use the word system. The T is they need to immediately start treating this in the veterans who have PTSD and have these problems. And the F is you have to fund. Start funding research and hiring a dentist, dentists to research this. So that's the ATF. Admit, treat, and fund. And for the folks that are listening, be sure that you pass this show on. This is, this is vitally important. And there's so, you know, and I, I keep coming back and we haven't mentioned it in this show yet, but the number of folks across the country that have PTSD and are committing suicide daily. And it's just, the numbers are just incredible. And yet, there, there are answers, as Dr. Don has pointed out. There are answers. There are treatments. There, if knowledge of the disease can help, and that's why it's so important. If you know a doctor, or if you are a doctor, take heed. Take heed in this show and pass it on to your peers. Well, Dave, it seems we've reached the end of our show. It does. I want to thank all our listeners. Yeah, and I've got to cut it off quick. I'd, I had been paying attention, and then all of a sudden I wasn't. So thanks, Don. Talk to you next week. All right, buddy. Bye. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.